Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to get right into the Word of God. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 15, 1 Peter, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 5, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, starting here at verse 10, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, starting here at verse 10. Uh, and if you have it, you can say amen. Okay, awesome. We're going to go ahead. First Peter chapter 5, starting here at verse 10. And it reads, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's read that again. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your presence is in this place. God, we thank you, God, how we are able to gather around your word yet again. God, we ask, God, that you speak to our hearts and our minds, God, that we may move to change. God, we believe that salvation will take place, healing will take place, and deliverance will take place. Father, we ask, God, that your presence will continue to remain with us. It's in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to tag this, this, this text with this subject, and after this. Everybody shout, after this. Everyone shout after this. After this. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm, okay, so I grew up in Maryland, right outside D.C., and so uh, both of my grandfathers were pastors. One was a Baptist and one was a Pentecostal, so I grew up Baptocostal. So, uh, so since I grew up Baptocostal, I, I grew up in a church that talked back, so you got you to gotta talk back with me. Somebody shout after this. So, so there's a story about, about a young man, and he went to, uh, went to, uh, went to school one day, and uh, he was complaining to his teacher that he felt pain all over his body. He's like, I feel pain all over my body. So uh, he ended up going home, and when he went home to his parents, uh, he explained to his parents, I feel pain all over my body. And so, so later on, uh, they took him to the doctor, and the doctor said, uh, what's wrong, young man? He said, I feel pain all over my body. And the doctor said, okay, take your, take your, your, your finger and, and point to where the pain is. He pointed to his shoulder and said, ouch. Uh, he said, okay, uh, where else does it hurt? He pointed down to his knee and he said, ouch. He said, he said hey, hey, uh, uh, where else does it hurt? He pointed down to his foot, he touched his foot and he said, ouch, it hurts. He said, young man, uh, yo, you, 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 you're not really hurting your shoulder and your, your foot and your knee. You, your, your, your finger's dislocated. That's the issue. <laughs> Have, have you ever been in a situation where it seems like there's so much going on in your life? If it's not one thing, it's another. It seems like our life, we've been going through different storms of our own life. But here we are in the midst of a pandemic. We're like, God, where in the world are you? It seems like there's so much happening in our world, so much happening in our personal life. But I come to tell you, our scripture says, and after you suffered a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. As we look at this text today, we discover that God gives strength in troubling times. And God never promised that life will be without troubles, but what he has promised is that he will be with us in the midst of our troubles. That's what's happening here in the text today. He, he says here, the apostle Peter is writing 
this epistle to the pilgrims in the dispersion, known as the Hebrew Christians in the Eastern dispersion. He is writing to these Christians, encouraging them in the midst of your suffering, exhorting them to submit unto Christ. Is there anyone here today you can testify that you're here today because of the grace of God? You're in your right mind today because of the grace of God? You made it to church today because of the grace of God in the midst of what you were going through. In the first lesson we see here in this particular text, he says, and he shows us and he communicates to us the prerequisite. Everyone shout the prerequisite. A prerequisite means uh, a thing that is required as prior condition or something else to happen or exist. Even though Peter gives us hope and communicates to us that we as believers will experience victory, it comes after something. Between the promise and the fulfillment, we will experience something called process. The text gives us a hopeful phrase, and after, suggesting that there is a switch in the scene, a phrase that advocates a turnaround, a phrase that concludes a story. Peter says, and after you have suffered. Peter is suggesting to us that the prerequisite of victory, the prerequisite of glory, is that we're going to have to suffer. All Christians suffer. Either you have suffered or you will suffer. Acts 14 tells us through many tribulations we have entered into the kingdom of God. Suffering is inevitable. Suffering is inescapable. Pain is a part of the progress. If you're avoiding pain and suffering, you are avoiding growth. And many of us can testify that we have gotten to the other side of our situation is because we can attest that everything that we went through, the uncomfortable seasons in life, when we got to the other side, we can say it was painful, but it was sure enough worth it because it helped us to grow. You know, no, pain isn't the enemy. It's that inability or unwillingness to face the pain that sometimes is the far greater danger. The apostle Peter shares with us in chapter 4 that when trials and suffering come into our life, we should not be surprised. The apostle Peter says in chapter 4, he said, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fear of your trials when it comes upon you to test you as something was strange was happening to you. Peter's agreeing with the apostle James. And James says in the Bible, he says, in the midst of everything that you've been through, in every tear that you cried, every heartache that you've endured, every sleepless night, everything that you suffered was there to increase your faith. Uh, Test my faith? Yes, because it's amazing that many people want unshakable faith, but the question is, are you willing to have your faith be shaken? But my brothers and sisters, we must understand that we must walk with Jesus. And sometimes he's going to tell us that we're going to have to jump out of the boat even when it does not make sense. You may say, Rodney, what does that mean? I may be going through a trial right now. We're in a pandemic. But can I tell you what James said? James says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through trials of various kinds for the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What is he simply saying? He said, every tear you cry, every heartache that you endure, even in the midst of this pandemic, he's telling us, us accounted all joy. So the purpose of my suffering, the purpose of my trials is to test and perfect my faith. But not only does James convey to us that, that, that we must count it all joy, but he's telling us to count an uninvited, uninvited, unexpected, unexperienced all joy. 
The reason why we should react with joy when we're faced with trials is because trials are means of testing through which God works to perfect our faith. Because our joy is not the product of our suffering, but rather the fundamental expression of our faith. I know we, we, we get unsettled sometimes because we don't understand, but I come, to under, I come to tell you today that if understanding everything is your prerequisite for obeying the Lord, your minds will quit right now. Because understanding everything should not be a prerequisite for us to obey law because our vision is obstructed by the placement of this world. And God said, all I want you to do is trust and believe me that you can make it. After all, anybody can trust God when things are going the way you want it to go. But the question is, can you trust God when everything around you is contradicting on how you want it to turn out? So my question to you today is, can you be faithful to God when all you have is one word from the Lord? That's all, that's all you need. You don't need a whole lot. All you need is one word from the Lord. You see, people who need signs are people who don't have faith. Because when I believe in Jesus, I don't need to see the promise. I just need to believe the promise. Because the Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should repent. You know, my grandfather used to say this phrase, if God said it I believe it that settles it have you ever heard that God said it I believe it that settles it can I tell you that's actually not theologically correct because the reality is it doesn't mean if you believe it or not it's going to happen it's just because God said it is going to happen can I get a witness in here today because God is a God who will always keep his promise Faith is not the evidence of, of things we, we, we see. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. And so some people think you're crazy because you said, I'm believing God to be healed, but you still have sickness in your body. You say, I believe God is going to provide for me, but it still looks like your bank account is still in the negative. It means I have hope in a God who can take nothing and make it into something. You see, I come to understand that if we have a promise that we're able to achieve without God, it's a promise that's not from God. Because our God is so big that he does not settle for mediocre blessings. And sometimes God wants you to depend on him. And God wants the blessing to be so great that you can depend on nobody but him. Anyone here today, you can say that in the midst of what you've gone through, in the midst of the pain that you have experienced, you've had unspeakable joy, you've had unexplainable joy. I'm not talking about happiness, but is there anybody in here in the midst of this pandemic and say, in the midst of everything I have gone through, I've not really experienced happiness, but I've experienced joy. Uh, uh, everyone, everyone can experience happiness, but everybody cannot experience joy because joy is unconditional. Conditional and your happiness is conditional. Your happiness can change based on the moment of your situation, but your joy is grounded in the revelation of what God said. What God said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Happiness is based on my situation, but my joy is based on my revelation. That's why the Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Can I give you some good news that even though we have to suffer, Paul, uh, Peter gives us some good news. He says here, and after you have suffered, I'm glad he didn't stop there. He says, and after you have suffered what? A little while. The apostle Peter doesn't just tell us that we're going to have to suffer all the time. He's telling us that our suffering has a deadline. Our suffering has a timeline. For our light afflictions, which is yet before a moment, are working for us 
far exceeding an eternal weight of glory. The apostle Paul writes to us that our light afflictions, I wonder if he really understood about our situation. If he really, if Paul really understood what we're going through, he would not say for these light afflictions. If he would have understood this pandemic we're in, he would not say for these light afflictions. But can I tell you that Peter went through some storms in his life and they were light in his mind because he's not writing this text from the kindergarten school of suffering. He's going to the graduate school of suffering. He was in prison. He had stripes upon his back. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He had sleepless nights. He had a thorn in his flesh. But he said, for these light afflictions are yet before a moment are exceeding an eternal weight of glory, which means what I'm going through is light compared to what God is able to do. So not only does the apostle Peter communicate to us the prerequisite But now he gives us the assurance. Everyone shout the assurance. Uh, The apostle Peter gives us the assurance of victory. The assurance Peter gives to us is that God would not delay beyond what we can endure, but God is able to give us grace. The Bible says that he's not the God of some grace. He's not the God of some grace. The text says that he's the God of all grace. The grace to cover your past, the grace to cover your present, and the grace to cover your future. He says, I'm able to give you grace because I am the God of what? All grace. He says, I'm not just the God of saving grace. But, but, but let, let, I remember Paul, 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 Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And the Bible says he prayed thrice unto the Lord. Thrice in the Greek does not mean one, two, three, but it means over and over and over again. He prayed unto the Lord and the Lord did not answer. And the Lord one day answered and said, Paul, uh, I'm not going to remove the thorn, but I'm going to give you grace to be able to handle it. What God is simply saying to Paul, he's, saying, he's not saying I'm giving you saving grace. But what I'm going to give you is something called sustaining grace. Every one of us experience saving grace when we come to Christ. But God is saying in the midst of what you're going through, the reason why you were able to make it in your storm was because you experienced something called sustaining grace. Sustaining grace is that thing that can hold you up even when life gets tough. Sustaining grace is that thing that can encourage you even when you can't make it. Uh, as I shared with you online the last time I preached, I told you I can't swim, and I come to give you an update. I still can't swim, and so, uh, uh, so when I was little, when I was little, uh, I was in the uh, I was in the pool with my mother. My mother is the only one who can know how to swim, and so I'm in the pool with my mother at this time. I was around five years old. I was laying on this little floaty, and uh, I'm in the pool with my mother in five feet, y'all. I'm five feet, uh, and so uh, I, I, I'm I'm 29, and I'm still short. So then I was real short. So, uh, so, so I, was, I was laying on this little floating thing, and my dad walks into uh, the pool room. And when he walks into the pool room, uh, uh, my mother leaves me in the water on this floating thing and goes out the pool uh, to go uh, be with her husband. So, uh, so, so while my, my mom is outside uh, with my dad, y'all, I end up falling into the water. I'm screaming. I'm hollering. I thought I saw the light. I was going to give up. And so I could not get myself out. And as soon as I tried 
tried to start getting myself out, my mother did not come and get her precious son, her only beloved son in whom she should have been well pleased with. But yet I am here in the water drowning. But as soon as I gave up and tried to stop getting myself out of the water, that's when my mother came in the water and got me out. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters, as long as you're trying to get yourself out of your own situation, God said, okay, I'm going to let you handle it yourself. But as soon as you say, Father, I'm weak, I'm in need of you, God said, that's when I'm able to step into your situation and come and rescue you. God says, where you're weak, that's when I become strong. I come to tell you that while you're trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. Let me say that one more time. While you're trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. The Bible says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And, through the, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you, not, you should not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Which means that well, no matter what you're going through, God says, I'm able to be with you, to lead you, guide you, and direct you. So, so lastly, so lastly, not only does, the, does this show us the prerequisite and the assurance, lastly, he shows us the evidence. Everyone shout the evidence. And so, uh, so my wife and I, we love to fly. We love to fly. And so uh, there was one day this little boy was on the plane and this little boy was on the plane sitting beside this elderly lady and he was excited because he was getting ready to go to Disneyland. He was so excited about going to Disneyland and, and the lady beside him, they were just talking, having a great time. And, and then they started experiencing a little turbulence while they were in the air. They experienced some turbulence and, and the little boy uh, just began to play and this elderly lady that was sitting beside him uh, began to get worried and, 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 the, and the flight attendant said, everyone, I need you to buckle your seatbelts. We're getting ready to experience a lot of turbulence. And so, uh, so while they're experiencing a lot of turbulence, this elderly lady uh, was very perturbed because she's scared because she thinks we're, they're not going to make it. And this little boy is still playing and, and he's just oblivious to what is going on. And, and this elderly lady said, young man, why are you so oblivious? There is a turbulence that we're going through. Why are you so excited? The little boy said, oh, well, I, I, I'm excited because I'm getting ready to go to Disneyland. The old lady looked at the young man and said, well, I don't know if really we're going to make it. It looks like this plane is going to go down. The little boy said, no, uh, we're going to go to Disneyland. And, and the lady said, no, son, I don't think we're going to go to Disneyland. Matter of fact, why are you so assured that you're going to make it to Disneyland. He said, well, my daddy's the pilot, and he told me before I got on the plane that we're getting ready to go to Disneyland. Can I tell you something? That is your evidence. No matter what your storms may look like, no matter what your situation may look like, you have a father who said, I will always be with you. I would never leave you nor forsake you. God said, if I brought you to this, I can sure enough bring you through this. That is the, that is the evidence. That is the evidence that you can hold on to. Because while this world is showing us a lot of facts, yes, COVID is real. Yes, that's the facts, but I sure enough know the truth. I, I see the facts of the world, but I sure enough know the truth. The fact is that, that, that there may be sickness in your body, but the truth is that by his stripes you're healed. I, 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 don't, I know the fact that it's getting dark right now, but the truth is that the Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? I, I know it seems, I know the fact is that the enemy's on your trail, but, but the truth 
truth is that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I, I, I know, I know the fact is that you're fearful, but, but the truth is that the Lord has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I, I know the fact that you don't have money in your pocket, but the truth is that the Lord will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's your evidence. All you need is one word from the Lord, one word that will encourage you in the midst of your situation just to know that after you have suffered what? A little while, the God of all grace will be with you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you that you're a very present help in the time of trouble. Even in the midst of our storm, God, allow us to be assured of the evidence that you've given to us in your word. Your word that's always with us, your word that is standing and true. And we believe this is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.